Welcome back to the Embodied Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Meets. If you are returning, welcome back. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. And today we're going to be diving into a solo episode all about cultivating emotional intelligence and expanding your capacity within your nervous system to be able to really interpret and be in relationship with the wide range of sensations that can arise as you are courageously moving towards what you want in life. And I'm just currently sitting in my, I usually call it my creatrix room because office just sounds boring. (laughs) But I'm at my home in my creatrix room, surrounded by all my beautiful things, currently just finishing off some ceremonial cacao. So if you hear me slurping away in the background, that is what is happening. I am just recently arose for the day as well. So I am or risen. <laughs> I'm a little sleepy today. <laughs> so y- y'all know if you've been here for a while, sometimes I would just make up words. So either way, <laughs> I recently woke up not long ago and I really felt the call to jump on and do a solo episode and dive into this topic because I feel as though this is something that is so necessary when we are embarking on a journey of embodied leadership. And before we get into all the juiciness of this episode, I feel so excited to share more about the adventure that I've been on in life recently. And if you follow me on social media, you'll know that I recently went through a rebrand. I released Aurora into the world which is the name of my company slash brand. And I'm going to record a separate episode all about the expansiveness of this decision and this beautiful vision that has been created through me. And simultaneously, I felt like, you know, naming it in this episode briefly was really important because it's been a hot minute since I've done a solo episode and so much is unfolding and it's so exciting and I feel like I feel like every time I hop on a solo episode with you that there's so much to share because it feels as though life is evolving and changing so rapidly these days maybe you can relate to that that feels like a reintroduction almost every single time and I think that's really beautiful you know we have these seasons where we are growing so much and things are evolving so much and we aren't who we were fully you know, a few weeks ago or a month ago, or especially not a year ago. So ah, yeah, feeling so grateful and so excited. And again, I'm going to share way more about that on a different episode, but I wanted to just briefly touch on that piece because it's really going to be influencing just the trajectory of every aspect of my business and the way that I support people. And it's not astronomically different by any means. It's more of like an amplification of what already is and a really claim, like a claiming of the truth of what I do, who I serve, what I'm here to accomplish in the world. And it's all oriented around self-expression and embodied leadership. So 
oh, I'm so, I'm so excited to talk more about that. So stay tuned. There will be an episode dropping sometime shortly that will be all related to the beautiful journey that is Aurora. And for the time being, we're gonna we're gonna jump into this episode again, where we're gonna be talking all about emotional intelligence and nervous system nervous system things. But I'm also just gonna take a little drink of my uh, ceremonial cacao. So one moment. Hmm. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. So something that I've shared really frequently, I feel over the years is this piece around how it can be a very slippery slope to only chase what feels good in the moment. And what if I told you that what feels good in the moment isn't always in integrity with the full spectrum of your fulfillment and your success? And maybe you're like, but Rach, like, what do you mean? Like, how is it that what feels good couldn't, wouldn't be good for me? So let's, let's actually get into it because <laughs> this conversation is so important. So we're naturally wired to seek and stay within our most familiar habitual patterns and ways of being, right? You know, our, our subconscious body and mind naturally gravitates towards the most familiar pieces of who we are, pieces of our identity, most familiar aspects of our reality. However, sometimes this is actually at the cost of stepping into the embodied experience of being the type of person that you may know that you're here to be. And something that's really important to acknowledge is that one of the biggest bridges between who you are in this moment and the version of you that you'd like to be is actually developing emotional intelligence. So I would assume that if you're listening to this podcast, you already have emotional intelligence, right? We all, I think, to some level are in in touch with our emotional states of being, especially if you're a part of this community. We we do a lot of this work. And there's always room to grow. There's always room to develop more self-awareness. And that's why we're talking about this, because it is crucial to the sustainability of your vision that you really learn to intentionally interpret the wide range of sensations that come up with courageously moving toward what you want while simultaneously being able to really interrupt those autopilot ways of existing that aren't in integrity with what it is that you say you want, right? Because we we sometimes have these experiences where (coughs) we say we want one thing, but then our, our behaviors and the habits that we like our daily habits aren't actually in a, in a in relationship with with that vision that we have right because again we're like really really good at staying in what is the most familiar ways of existing so emotional intelligence is actually your capacity to be aware of interpret express and respond to your emotions 
while also being able to handle your interpersonal relationships with a lot of intention and empathy, right? And when we start to embark on a journey of increasing our self-awareness and therefore developing our emotional intelligence, something that undoubtedly arises is discomfort. (laughs) And if you've been here for a while, you know that one of my values is discomfort, that seeking discomfort is actually so valuable and important in life. And the reason for this is because, you know, well, for one, it can be way easier or again, you know, when I say this, I mean, it seems easier to numb out from bypass, avoid, or dismiss the discomfort that arises as a result of expanding your window of tolerance within your nervous system. And this, unfortunately, is the default pattern that a lot of people have. Um, and, and it's a learned behavior, right? Because again, we are naturally wired to seek and stay within our comforts. And truth be told, we live in a society that like conditions us to stay comfortable, to seek ease. And comfort and ease aren't inherently bad, right? We don't want to constantly be uncomfortable. That is not healthy either. That is not sustainable either. But we want to be able to meet those edges of discomfort and teach ourselves that we can handle those sensations, that we can handle what is coming through so that we can move forward toward what we actually desire, right? And most people, because discomfort is uncomfortable, right? They avoid feeling, right? They avoid feeling, whether that be a particular set of emotion, maybe that's like they avoid anger, they avoid sadness, they avoid frustration, um, you name it. People avoid feeling, And that is such an interesting thing because when we avoid feeling, we typically create more of that feeling and it's very unconscious. So when we are talking about expanding our window of tolerance, this means to increase your capacity to tolerate the stress that arises when you're leaving your comfort zone while also improving your body-mind connection where you actually are able to improve your ability to consciously think and feel at the same time. So it's this really beautiful dance between not, again, we don't want to stay in a state of constant discomfort. We don't want to, you know, constantly be outside of our window of tolerance because that typically will create a whole slew of issues But we want to learn how to intentionally and consciously be able to hold any stress, which is discomfort, that arises when we are leaving that comfort zone. When we are talking about expanding our window of tolerance, we are are wanting to be able to get into our sympathetic nervous system state when it's necessary, because again, there's this misconception that the sympathetic nervous system is like, you don't ever want to be there. You don't ever want to get into fight or flight. And sometimes people specifically 
uh, use the different nervous system responses and they refer to them as trauma responses. And I refrain from doing that because being able to look at these through the lens of nervous system responses, I feel like is a lot more accurate because the sympathetic nervous system is actually responsible for things like, you know, um, like heart rate and fuel availability and like our adrenaline and like oxygen circulation to vital organs, or maybe I should say it's, it, it influences these things. I should say that's a bit of a correction there. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's actually like a very valuable aspect of our nervous system. <laughs> and so we don't want to be looking at these aspects of our nervous system as like wrong or bad, but we want to learn how to flow into these different states and be able to self-regulate so that we don't get stuck in a particular state, right? We don't want to get too far outside of our, our window of tolerance where we get into this hypoarousal state where we shut down and we freeze. And the the thing is, is that there are quite a lot of people that perpetually experience a freeze response in some way, shape, or form. Um, and oftentimes this can look like people that have a lot of challenges with procrastination or indecision. There can be this, this freeze response happening in the body. And again, why we want to expand our window of tolerance and be able to hold more of a capacity for sensation is so that we can be in relationship with life in such a way where, you know, when we do experience a sympathetic response within our nervous system, we know how to hold those sensations and we know how to then deactivate the body when it's necessary and come back into a beautiful, calm state after that arousal has taken place. And so this is really, again, when we're talking about expanding our window of tolerance, it's we're talking about increasing your capacity to tolerate the stress that arises when you're leaving your comfort zone. And again, as I mentioned, while also improving your body and mind connection so that you can consciously think and feel at the same time. But coming back into, you know, talking about this through the lens of emotional intelligence, you know, anything that feels new to you, even if it's related to what you actually want, will feel uncomfortable until that thing also brings some level of familiarity to you, both somatically and mentally. So this means that your subconscious and your nervous system typically will view things that are outside of what's currently familiar to you as some level of a threat until it becomes familiar. And so in the same breath, whatever is currently familiar to you in this moment, in this chapter of your life, your subconscious associates with being good, okay, and comfortable, even, even if those particular habits, behaviors, beliefs, identity-based 
experiences, even if those things are actually detrimental to your well-being or the sustainability of your vision. And so when you're choosing to really step courageously into like fundamentally shifting an aspect of your identity or and your reality, this can like absolutely elicit an immense amount of discomfort that can result in behaving in a way that's the opposite of the very thing that you desire to be experiencing. So typically what will happen is you'll default to whatever feels good instead of befriending the discomfort and actively choosing to participate in the required actions, behaviors, and ways of being that are in integrity with who it is that you want to be. And this isn't to say that this is something that you'll do all the time, but I know even for myself, even though this work is a huge aspect of my life, there are still times where I will notice my body and my mind unconsciously leading to leading me to old I say old ways of being because I, I genuinely feel they feel old they don't feel like oh this is who I am um like old ways of being that are just still on some level really familiar right because if you think about it if we've been behaving and operating a particular way in our life for years that's going to feel so comfortable and familiar, even if it's not who we want to be, even if it's not what we want to do, right? And we may have moments where, especially this is such a common thing that happens when we are making big change in our ident- within our identity, sometimes what can happen is our subconscious will like freak the fuck out and we'll just, and this is where like kind of the term- terminology like self-sabotage um, can come into play where we will start to do the complete opposite of what we actually want to stay as safe and fam- and stay stay in what is as safe and familiar to us as possible. And I just just note here too, like I don't believe self sabotage is this like thing, this evil thing that you know we do to ourselves, and it's this terrible. It's no, like it's literally a self preservation mechanism. Our body and our mind do an incredible job at keeping us safe. And so when we approach things from that lens, we want to bring in compassion and gratitude because there are parts of us that are literally doing the best that they know how. So it's not, it's not, you know, an invitation to like feel shame or to judge ourselves or to blame ourselves. It's really just like, okay, cool. I'm aware that this is what's happening. I am going to choose differently. And that's where self-awareness is so huge, right? Because if we self like awareness is literally the foundation of everything because if we don't have awareness, then we can't consciously be moving through our life in a way that is going to be truly aligned with what we want, right? Mm, I love cacao. <laughs> so, when we're, you know, when we're really looking at all of this, it's important to acknowledge as well that confidence and self-trust are actually a result of courageously and boldly learning how to befriend discomfort and be being like an active participant in your reality, even and especially in the moments when you're leaving what feels the most familiar to you. And 
although this may seem like a paradox, the truth is, is like people often most deeply resist what they desire the most. And again, this is because your subconscious body and mind and your nervous system is absolutely incredible at its job at keeping you in what is the most familiar and therefore what you associate to be the most safe. And so perhaps you're like, okay, cool, Rach. This is all really important information. And I'm like having these mini aha moments, but like now what? So something that is really important is that when we're talking about expanding our window of tolerance, we want to be consciously participating in exercises and activities where we are intentionally causing discomfort to then cultivate a wider window of tolerance and to teach our body and our mind that they are safe, that it, that you are safe when you're having discomfort come up. And this is why I'm such (laughs) an advocate for practices like cold exposure, breathwork journeys, um, exercise, you know, there's, there's, I mean, heat exposure as well. So like saunas, for example, participating in these particular types of exercises uh, or activities, however you want to look at them, these deeply support you in expanding your window of tolerance in a, in a way that is both brave and safe. And, you know, something that I always wrestle with when it comes to the word safe, you know, is this, hmm, I like to look at things from the lens of like brave spaces because I think that sometimes, again, safety can be associated with whatever your subconscious is perceiving as the most familiar. And so just because something doesn't feel safe to your subconscious and your nervous system in that moment doesn't necessarily mean that you're in actual danger. And that's why, you know, for example, if you're new here, I am a certified trauma-informed breathwork facilitator, somatic practitioner, coach, you know, I do a lot of things. Um, And I really believe that working with somebody that you can really trust has your back and can hold you to meet those edges is life-changing because you learn in those moments that you've got yourself, that you can, right? Remember going back to the polyvagal theory, we want to stay in the I can frame of being, even when we are in a state of arousal, when we're in that activated state. We want to still be in a mobilized way of existing where we know that we can. And so when we when we give our when we really gift ourselves these opportunities to be held in these experiences where we are seeking discomfort and we are meeting our edges and we are facing our, our stuff and we're releasing emotion and we're releasing stored trauma and we're like really like giving ourselves this opportunity to go there in a in a container that like the container is safe um it is it is life-changing 
And I believe that for us to be really embodied in our leadership, we must learn how to expand our window of tolerance and have the emotional intelligence skills to, again, be able to be aware of, interpret, express, and respond to our emotions as they arise and be present with what's happening in our body with a lot of intention and a lot of empathy. And we also really need to be able to interrupt those autopilot ways of existing because if we just let life happen and we're just on autopilot mode, like we're going to, we're going to end up in places that aren't actually where we want to be. And that's why intention and self-awareness is huge. And I know you already know this, you know, it's not like I, I don't think that you're aware of these things, but this, this is just a deeper opportunity to look at, okay, so when I'm behaving in an opposite way to how I want to be in the world, okay, what, what do I need to take radical self-responsibility over to be able to show up as who I want to be? And it's not about perfection. We're so fucking human. Like we're, there's going to be times where we're like, wow, I really shit the bed today. You know, like there's going to be things that happen that we're like, ah, oh, yeah. Okay. I really would have loved if I behaved a little differently there. That's actually part of life. You know, like that's beautiful. We want to have moments where we learn through our mistakes. Like it's not about not failing. It's not about not making mistakes. It's not about not being challenged. It's about like, who are we going to be when those things happen? How are we going to be in relationship to ourselves and to life when those things happen? So, you know, one of the things that I want to really invite you into here is the next time you're at a crossroads between, you know, your comfort zone and the action that's actually in integrity with who it is that you want to be. I want you to ask yourself the question, what will have felt really great to have done when I look back at my life versus what will have just felt good for me to do in this exact moment? Because we want to really be intentional about the decisions that we're making, the actions that we're taking. And I can give you like a really tangible example. I use this example all of the time because I feel like it's just a really relatable thing. So exercise and fitness is a really big part of my life. And it has been off and on for many, many, many moons now. Um, But particularly in this chapter of my life, like it's a non-negotiable thing for me to feel connected to my body, to feel in right relationship with my health you know, to to take really into consideration the type of life I want to live. I want to be an elderly person who has function functional joints and is mobile and strong and can do amazing things, you know? Like, I, I don't ever want to be the type of person who can't do things because I didn't take care of my body when I was younger. Like, I've – and I have very real experiences in my life as, as to why that's the case. I've watched people that are – some of the most important people to me die as a result of not taking care of their body. So this is huge for me, right? I have a very strong why as to, and this is actually, I think a really important part of this is why do you do what you do? Again, that intention, intention is fucking huge. It's so important. So I have a strong why as to why going to the gym 
and exercising is really important to me. So on the days where I wake up and I'm like, fuck, I don't want to go to the gym because it'd be, it'd be easier not to, right? It'd be easier to just not do it. <clears throat> well, I asked myself the question, well, what will it have felt really great after my workout to know that I had gone to the gym? And will it have felt really great, you know, years from now when I look back and I know that like even on the moments where like my my like comfort was, you know, pushed, I still said yes because I want to like show up as the person I know I'm here to be. Won't that have felt really great to have done versus having just followed what felt good in the moment? Because sometimes it feels good, again, in quotations, in the moment is to like not go, but it doesn't actually feel good. Dude, the times when I've skipped a workout, and this is again, I'm not like one of those people that's like, you must fucking do it all the time. Like obviously if you're like unwell or if you're on your period and you need to take a break or whatever, like there's nothing wrong with giving yourself some grace. Like I'm I'm not a drill sergeant here when it comes to this, but again, most of the time that like feeling good part is not what actually feels good because the days that I've skipped a workout when I've just like let that narrative win I feel like shit like I don't actually feel good like I feel fucking sluggish and like like my like mental state is not as good or maybe I should use a different word than good my my mental state isn't as grounded and connected as when I do go to the the gym, right? So it's like, again, asking the question, like what will have felt great to have done when I look back or at the end of the day, what will have felt great to have done versus just what feels good in this exact moment? Because embodied leadership requires a willingness to embrace the unavoidable discomfort that comes with you developing your identity, (coughs) excuse me, and going beyond the conventional path, right? And so I really invite you to look at, you know, take like full inventory of your life right now. Like what, what does your rich life look like? You know, when I say rich life, I don't just mean like what you want financially, but like what is a rich life to you? And Give yourself the opportunity to really define that. Like, what is your rich life? And in the same breath, after you do that, look at like, what are the current things that are getting in the way of that? And be radically fucking honest with yourself. Radically honest. Because your capacity and your ability to welcome in what you actually want is on the other side of how honest you're being with yourself. How honest are you about how you're in relationship with life right now? And this is uncomfortable as hell, right? Like this is not something that is necessarily going to feel good, but will it have felt great to have done to acknowledge what you actually desire and what's getting in the way and to make conscious decisions and change and change your habits to make that happen, like to make the life you want happen? Absolutely. And that really is like the crux of it all, right? Is like who you're being moment to moment, day to day, creates your whole damn world, creates your whole reality, right? 
every decision of every day creates your whole world. And it's like, that's why, you know, you you may, or not maybe you specifically, but people generally, you know, they'll like follow what feels good in the moment instead of being totally honest with themselves about what they're, who they're actually being. And they'll like, like, you know, so let's say you're somebody who like, again, we're just going to use the gym example because again, it's like feeling it's just the most like the low hanging fruit, you know, you may go with like six months be like, okay, I skipped the workouts. I skipped the workouts. And like in those moments, it's like, oh, it's just a workout. It's just a workout. It's just a workout. But then if you look at the compound effect of missing all those workouts, it's pretty fucking substantial. And much in the same breath, if you didn't skip all those workouts, the compound effect on the other side of staying consistent, uh, maybe I should use a different word than consistent. I feel like people are like, consistency is not the goal. Um, staying devoted, <laughs> devoted to um, those workouts. What's on the other side of that devotion is a whole fucking different reality, dude, a different relationship with your body, a different relationship with your health, potentially a different relationship with even how you physically look. So that even goes for business, right? Like if there's something that you just keep putting off and you keep putting off and you keep putting off, but you really want it. Well, in those moments of putting it off, it's like, oh yeah, I just put it off, whatever. But the compound effect of that decision or indecision or inaction adds up (laughs) and it creates a whole fucking reality. And so again, when we're looking at really holding emotional intelligence, it's like, your capacity for your entire like state of being or the sensations you experience, the emotions that flow, like all of this, it it impacts your whole life. It impacts your business. It impacts how you support your team, your clients. it's, It's one of the most important things because again, emotional intelligence and being able to self-regulate and have a nervous system that is operating in a sustainable manner, it's all connected. It's all connected. And that's why one of the biggest pieces that I work on with people is identity development. Like at the core of everything I do, it's identity development. And, you know, within Aurora, like we developed the Aurora method which is self-awareness, embodiment, self-expression, and impact. And all of these pieces, like, again, the crux of it all is, is really who the fuck you're being in your life. And I really believe that it is one of the most beautiful gifts that you can give yourself to be in an ongoing relationship with yourself, right? Like, this is a lifelong path. This isn't a... And this isn't one of those situations where it's like, you always got to be, you know, healing and working on yourself. I mean, no, the, the, the thing is, is like at the core of what healing actually is, is it's actually remembering and knowing your wholeness. So if you're embodied in knowing and remember having remembered your wholeness, well, from a place of being embodied in your wholeness, you're going to show up in life in a very different manner. And in my opinion... Part of being embodied in our wholeness is living in it in the reality that being human is complex and is full of duality and is full of ebbs and flows and peaks and valleys. And we are going to need to be in an ongoing 
relationship with our identity because everything is in flux. Things are constantly changing and evolving. And so it isn't this one and done experience of like, okay, I checked that off my list. It's like, no, we're, we're literally, I, I believe at least, I believe that we came to earth to fucking learn and to grow and to transform and to transmute and alchemize and evolve. So it's like, this is an ongoing process. And it doesn't mean that you need to be in this like self-help fucking hamster wheel of fixing yourself because that's just a bunch of garbage and bullshit. But it's it's literally about like, what is my rich life and what who am I gonna be to create that? And it's and it's giving yourself the ability to recognize that you have a whole ass lifetime be- before this moment that is influencing every fucking thing that you do, who you are, how you show up, everything. And so when we Again, when we're wanting to create something new, we also need to acknowledge what once was and move through that shit because it's it's impacting our entire life. And it's not even just our lived experience that influences our reality. I believe that, you know, we we get passed down generational trauma and experiences through our DNA. And so when when we boldly and bravely choose to develop our identity and to release things somatically we're not just it's not just for you it's it's also your lineage it's for the, the your ancestors it's for the people that will come after you your maybe you already have children so maybe it's your current children maybe it's your future children and if you're not wanting to have kids it's still for your bloodline and so it's like really this for me for you for all of us rising together eye to eye heart to heart soul to soul it's really about creating this vitality for life and understanding that it gets to be really fucking great. You know, I really believe that. I think that the illusion is that we have to suffer um, forever and that we stay, we stay stuck. And it's like, uh, I think that joy actually does get to lead the way and not joy from the lens of um, bypassing our other experiences, but from like really fucking being like, yo, what would life look like for me if I was in right relationship with the truth of my soul and I lived from that place, you know? So anyways, I get on a little bit of a tangent here as one does on this up, ep- these, uh, these podcast episodes. <laughs> but I, I just wanted to say that, it, you know, I really, I really appreciate you being here and I really appreciate just being able to share these pieces with you. Like I, I'm so in love with what I do. I'm so in love with getting to share information and support you and to be here with you. And I, I just, I'm stoked. We're, we're doing really cool stuff in the world here together and it means the world to me. And yeah, I've got some really, really epic uh, episodes coming out here over the coming weeks. And so definitely make sure to stay tuned for all of those. Um, I'm going to drop a free hypnosis that you can download in the show notes so you can go ahead and check that out. And then also, you know, I have some space right now for a couple private one-on-one clients. So the link for applying to work with me privately will also be in the show notes. And then there's also some really fucking epic things coming out here soon too. Um, so just, yeah, follow, follow my Instagram. I changed my handle to at Aurora underscore, underscore, underscore. <laughs> oh, there is a lot of people using that name already. So c'est la vie. Anyways, I am going to 
go exercise and get some sun on my face. And I hope you have a really blessed day and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.